Good evening. Um, tonight we're going to be in Psalm 78. Um, before um, we uh, go through that, let's, uh, let's pray one last time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you uh, that we were able to come together, Lord, and hear from you. We pray, Father, that uh, as we, uh, we hear your word, Father, that we would be able to respond in obedience, Lord. That you would help us, Father. That you would prick our heart uh, to tell the next generation, Lord. So that we and them, we could both set our hope in God. In Christ, in his death, resurrection, and ascension, Father. That we as sinners, Father, can be saved by Christ and Christ alone, Father. Open our ears now, Father, that we may hear your word and that your spirit, Father, would prick our hearts, Father, encourage us and convict us, Father, to be obedient. Thank you, Father, for your love. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. So um, I've debated a couple of times back and forth. Should I read this psalm before I preach it? Um, If you notice, it's a uh, long psalm, but I've decided we I would like us to read Psalm 78 together before going through it, just because I think there's something special that happens when, as a congregation, we read the Word of God out loud. I, I, I go over and over it, but then it's something when you get up here and you hear the Scripture spoken out loud, something new always hits you. So um, if you'll look beside you, look at people beside you, it's a long psalm. You promise somebody beside you, I'm going to pay attention the whole time, Okay. All 72 verses, we can do this. Are you ready? Here we go. Amaskil Asaph. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old. Things that we have heard and known, that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, but tell to the coming generation. The glorious deeds of the Lord in his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children that the next generation might know them. The children yet unborn and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. The Ephraimites, armed with the bow, turned back back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant, but refused to walk according to his law. They forgot his works and the wonders that he had shown them. In the sight of their fathers, he performed wonders in the land of Egypt, in the fields of Zoan. He divided the sea and let them pass through it. He made the water stand like a heap. In the daytime, he led them with a cloud and all night, all the night with a fiery light. He split the rocks in the wilderness and he gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock and caused waters to flow down like rivers. Yet they sinned still more against him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested God in their heart by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? 
He struck the rocks so the water gushed out and streams overflowed. Can he also give bread and provide meat for his people? Therefore, when the Lord heard, he was full of wrath. A fire was kindled against Jacob. His anger rose against Israel because they did not believe in God and did not trust his saving power. Yet he commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven and he rained down on them manna to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. Man ate of the bread of the angels. He sent them food in abundance. He caused the east wind to blow in the heavens and by his power he led out the south wind. He rained meat on them like dust. Winged birds like the sand of the seas. He let them fall in the midst of their camp, all around their dwellings. And they ate and were filled. For he gave them what they craved. But before they had, sat, before they had satisfied their craving, while the food was still in their mouths, the anger of God rose against them, and he killed the strongest of them and laid low the young men of Israel. In spite of all this, they still sinned. Despite his wonders, they did not believe. So he made their days vanish like a breath and their years in terror. When he killed them, they saw him. They repented and sought God earnestly. They remembered that God was their rock, the most high God, their redeemer. But they flattered him with their mouths. They lied to him with their tongues. Their heart was not steadfast toward him. They were not faithful to his covenant. Yet he, being compassionate, atoned for their iniquity and did not destroy them. He restrained his anger often and did not stir up all his wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh. A wind that passes and comes not again. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. They tested God again and again and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power or the day when he redeemed them from the, from the foe. When he performed his signs in Egypt, his marvels in the fields of Zon, he turned to the rivers, he turned the rivers to blood so that they could not drink of their streams. He sent among them the swarms of the flies which devoured them and frogs which destroyed them. He gave their crops to the destroying locusts and the fruit of their labor to the locusts. He destroyed their vines with hail and their sycamores with frost. He gave over their cattle to the hail and their flocks to the thunderbolts. He let, he let loose on them his burning anger, wrath, indignation, and distress, a company of destroying angels. He made a path for his anger. He did not spare them from death, but gave their lives over to the plague. He struck down every firstborn in Egypt, the firstfruits of their strength, and the tents of Ham. Then he led out his people like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. He led them in safety so that they were not afraid, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies. And he brought them to his holy land, to the mountain which his right hand had won. He drove out his nations before them. He apportioned them for a possession. He settled the tribes of Israel in their tents. Yet they tested and rebelled against the Most High God and did not keep his testimonies, but turned away and acted treacherously like their fathers. They twisted like a deceitful bow, for they provoked him to anger with their high places. They moved him to jealousy with their idols. When God heard, he was full of wrath, and he utterly rejected Israel. He forsook, he forsook his dwelling at Shiloh, in, uh, the tent where he dwelt among mankind, and delivered his power to captivity, his glory to the hand of the foe. 
he gave his people over to the sword and vented his wrath on his heritage. Fire devoured their young men, and their young women had no marriage song. Their priests fell by the sword, and their widows made no lamentation. Then the Lord awoke as from sleep, like a strong man shouting because of wine. And he put his adversaries to rout. He put them to everlasting shame. He rejected the tent of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loves. He built his sanctuary like the high heavens, like the earth which he has founded forever. He chose David, his servant. He took him from the sheepfolds, from following the nursing ewes. He brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. With upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand. We did it. Um, I am a forgetful person. Some of you may know that. Uh, that actually may be an understatement. I'm a very forgetful person. Uh, even as a young, like three, four, I can remember forgetting stuff all the time. The first time I can remember, I had a Buzz Lightyear and a Woody toy. Took to Target with me, left it in the cart. It's been downhill ever since. Um, I had a tea, a little teddy bear. Call them tea. Cute. Uh, left them in the movie theater. I was four, but my parents had to go buy another one. And, and, and now I'm more adult, so it's phone, wallet, keys. You know, you do the little pat. Every time you leave somewhere or go somewhere, you're like, all right. And now I'm married, so I have help now to help me. It's awesome. Uh, marriage is a beautiful thing. I'm like, you know, Hunter, it's going to be great. Um, so, so I need to write down things often. Uh, I, I'm now working at the church a little bit, so Dave, tell me something. I said, no, 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 don't tell me. Send the email. Write it down. I'm not going to remember unless you write it down. It's a terrible thing. And I think this is somewhat what's happening here in Psalm 78. God is giving us a gift. He's, Asaph has, has made uh, um, this poetry here and wrote down a history of Israel, a history of their rebellion and disobedience and God's faithfulness to us that we will not forget. And that the future generations would not forget the Lord and that they may have set their hope in him. So um, verses 1 through 8. I have three points tonight. This is the first point. Listen and tell. Uh, verses 1 through 8. Uh, it's a call to listen. At first most. Sometimes easier said than done. Um, I, I know this personally because my wife would say, Wit, Wit, John, and then the snap. And then it's finally the shouting. And then I'm like, yes. And here, it's repetition. Over and over and over again, we see this. Give ear, O my people. Incline your ears. I will open my mouth, utter dark sayings. We will not hide them. Tell them to the coming generation. Teach to their children. Arise, tell them to their children. Asaph is kind of yelling at us. Hear and tell. Do, do not harden your heart. Do not plug your ears. Listen to what I have to say. And don't hold on to it. Give it to the next generation. Um, and then he gives us some implications of this. 
He says, they will be like their fathers. If you do not listen and you do not tell, you will end up like their fathers. He tells us that they're rebellious, stubborn. Um, They won't keep his commandments. Uh, It says, their hope will not be in God. Just let that sink in. If If they do not hear... What God has done and what their fathers did, their hope would not be in God. And, and then lastly, in verse 8, it says why they were like that. It says because their hearts were not steadfast and their spirit was not faithful to God. Asaph is telling us to do something external. Hearing and telling. You can see that happening. You can, he- you can hear and see someone, me right now, talking. And then usually you can hear someone listening. Like right now I'm looking for the, uh-huh, okay, mm-hmm, yes. You know, it's, it's an external thing. But what it says what it does is it does something internal. When you hear the word of God externally, the spirit takes it and works internally. He takes that hope that was set on other things and it's set on God. Not on the temporary here on earth, not in our jobs, not in our families, not whatever it may be, but set to eternity. To being with God forever. This is our hope. Our hope is in Christ's death and resurrection because we are sinful people. And we have no hope outside of Christ. And our next point, uh, he says the second point in, in nine throughout is uh, we, we forget. We are forgetful people. We are sinners and we forget often. I'm going to say it one more time. We forget often. So the first point he tells us to listen and tell. Why? Because we forget. Um, it says, Asaph, Asaph will not do, part, do his first part of telling, and a major point that he hits over and over in his telling is that we are forgetful. He's telling us we're forgetful over and over and over again. His first example is the Ephraimites in verse 9. They did not fight for the rest of Israel. And though we are not sure where this story comes from, it's probably just a good example of how their hope was not set on God. They did not fight because they were afraid. And they were afraid because they did not trust God. Uh, He says, uh, and then he goes on to verse 16 and 12 through 16. Uh, He goes through the land of Egypt. He goes through all the miracles that God has done. And then he tells them what they did. They sinned still more. How, how, I I like to do this. I like to picture myself as the Israelites before the Red Sea, you see it split before you. You see all the plagues happen. You get in the wilderness. It's like, can God do this? And as, you, as you read, you're like, can he do it? Where, where have you been? What? But here, we're on this side of the cross. We've heard of the love of God and that he sent his son to die for us. 
We have given the receipt that he raised Christ from the dead. And I forget often. I, I often don't tell my wife. I don't remind her. I don't remind my friends how good God is. I forget often because I sin often. We are sinful people. Sin just isn't logical. We see God's wonder. We see his love and his mercy. And it's like logically you would think you would obey. That you would listen. But we don't. So when we are telling, uh, so when we're telling and listening, we aren't merely stating facts. We are doing what the author of Hebrews is asking us to do in Hebrews 10:24 through25. It says, "And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the, more, all the more as you see the day drawing near. So what I think is, when we come here, Sunday evening, Sunday morning, Sunday school, Wednesday night, we aren't merely stating facts. God's good. We're bad. We're, forget, we're forgetful. Because that, that is the mind thing, and I think that is important. But there's also that one-foot gap between your mind and your heart. And I think, I mean... How thankful we are we have musicians here. Because there's something about when you, when you hear music, your heart and your mind are then connected. You're not just stating facts, you're singing facts. We are sinners. And we need a Savior. I just, I love the songs, I love the Psalms, because it's that poetry of, it's, it's like these parables and these allegories of where, you see, in David, when Nathan comes to him and he tells him a story, and what he's doing, he's not just saying, David, you're wrong. He, what happens is it, you start internalizing it. It works on your heart, and then you realize what the truth is. And that's what we have here, and that's what Hebrews is saying. Don't just tell one another. Stir one another up. How important it is that we come and we gather and we see one another and we talk to one another, and we get to sing songs together, and together we get to hear the word of God preached. So that we can go and say, keep going. Keep believing. Keep telling. Keep listening. It's not just do this, believe this. Are, are you moved? Are you moved to tell the next generation? Because here, this, this is a command given. Go tell. Go tell. Because what's at stake? Their hope may not be in God. They may wonder. And he gives all these illustrations throughout the rest of the psalm that we read of they did it and they forgot. And we just went through Judges recently. A generation rose up that did not know the Lord. And how quickly things change. Judges is a very depressing book of the Bible. And I think I'm, I'm in an Old Testament survey class now and then I'm just reading through the Old Testament and when it gives you the list of the kings, it's very clear what, what the Bible tells us significant about these kings. They did what was right in the eyes of God, or they did what was wrong in the eyes of God. And it's just right, wrong. Wrong, 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 right, wrong. And, and, and this is where I wonder what the Psalm of Asaph is he's saying, 
if they didn't hear it, because this is obviously before, because he's talking about David, he says, did the kings not hear? Was no one telling the future generations what was going on? And in the verse 8, we see what was going on. It's, it, was the, it was a heart problem. It was a faithfulness problem. And the telling, it wasn't impacting the hearts. Or there was no telling and no hearts were being impacted at all. Um, however, we see a, a new cycle beginning with God. We see this new cycle. Uh, we, first is this telling, listening, hearts either obeying, not obeying. In the wilderness, it's really a lot of disobeying. Old Testament is a lot of disobeying. Israel has given us a good example of how not to follow the Lord a lot of times. But there are plenty of times, and he kind of goes on to it, when there are ways that they did listen. And he gives this example in, in, uh, in David. It says, um, he rejected the tent of Joseph. Uh, this, is our, this is our last point. Is that really is that God is faithful. So listen and tell. We are forgetful. God is faithful. We see it through the rest of the actions, right, throughout all, this whole summary. So, at first I was a little intimidated by how long it is. But really, he's just pounding over and over again the same point. You forget. You forget. You forget. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. Just sit and really think about this. How faithful God has been. How, how faithful God has been to our church. And really, it's an encouragement, this story went over, is our church body. I am continually, I'll come Sunday morning discouraged. And I see the faithfulness of some of the saints, and I leave encouraged. And I think my, my encouragement to the older saints, keep going. Because you have no idea the impact you're doing on the younger generation. Sorry. Me and my wife, we just talk so often about the older saints and what they do for us. And you may not know that, but you're encouraging so many of us. How you are faithful, how you give your time, and you just love so well. People ask, why are these young people coming to this church? Because they love. The word is preached. What more can you ask for? <clears throat> Bring it together. Here we go. So we see another cycle beginning. And we see that he rejects the, the tent of uh, Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but he chose the tribe of Judah. And for some of us, we should start screaming here. We see the cycle of disobedience, and then it's like, the tribe of Judah. I know what this means. The king, king, for them, it's King David. Now and here, the golden age is here. A time of obedience, a time of prosperity. But we know that there's something more. David points to a future king. King Jesus. God saves Israel and delivers them from themselves. He brings judgment. He is just. Let this be a warning to us. I think especially in the younger generation, uh, we've kind of talked about this weekend, that we're all like, Christ loves us, Christ loves us, God loves us, and it's kind of like judgment and wrath, that's not really, you know, what, whatever. If you're living in sin, repent. 
and believe. Let Psalm 78 be a testimony to you. God punishes sin. And we know that ultimately because Jesus Christ died on the cross for sins. Because he is this future David. He built a sanctuary like the high heavens, like the earth, which he has founded forever. He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the nursing ooze, he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. With upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hands. God is, has given us the answer. How will the hearts be fixed? Through Christ and his spirit. He, through the gospel and the spirit now dwelling in us, our hearts are now Longing after God. We have been reconciled. The wrath has been paid for. If we just repent and have faith, we are now reunited with God. And now internally, there the solution is there. The Spirit of God is in us. And what is our job still to do? To listen and to tell. That they too may have the Spirit of God dwell in them. That their hearts may be fixed on God. And that they then will listen and tell. And so that we all will make it one day to heaven. And together we can sing the praises of the God who is faithful. Despite our rebellion. Despite our forgiveness. We can praise God who loves us still. So, beloved, let us stir one another up. Let us remember. Let us hear the word of God preached. Let's hear each other's testimonies. That testimony is beautiful to hear and connect with one another. Because what that does now is you've now been opened to stir up Hunter and Stephanie. The member profiles, what a great tool it is to share yourself with other people so that we can stir one another. We can encourage one another. We know each other's favorite Bible verses now. We know what they need prayer for. And so together, as a body, we can come together and cling to Christ for our salvation and, and set our hope on God in the day to come. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father, for your word and for Christ and his death and resurrection. And, Father, his ascension, that he sends his spirit out to us, Lord. I pray that the spirit would now be working in us to prick our hearts, to bring us to repentance and to faith, Lord. That together we may hear of the good news and tell others and tell each other, Lord, that together we may uh, sing your praises in heaven. In Christ's name I pray.